Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. A young woman of 18 years of age, a girl, Linda Stoltfus, an Amish girl, she went missing on Sunday, was last seen just afternoon, 1230, after attending church on Stumptown Road near Burden Hand. Yes, there is such a place in the Lancaster, Pennsylvania area. Police now have stated that she could, emphasis could, be at risk for harm or injury. Could be. Outstanding. <laughs> Outstanding work. Police. She is 5 feet 10 inches tall. A tall girl. 125 pounds. A thin girl. Brown hair and blue eyes. And was wearing a tan dress with a white apron and white cape. But now the police think that there is a possibility that she could be at risk. Unbelievable. Could be at risk for harm or injury. Yes. Could be, do you think? This young woman who has almost certainly been kidnapped and may not even be alive any longer. But I ask you to pray for Linda Stoltfus. For her safe return. For her to be discovered and saved and rescued. That's what I pray for. And pray that you will pray for as well. Meanwhile, in the matter of natural wonders, if you will, that are something less than positive. There is this simple little matter of a Saharan dust storm, a Saharan dust episode. And it is the worst dust storm in the Caribbean in decades, in the Caribbean or Caribbean, if you prefer. How did it get from Sahara to Caribbean? That is quite a trip, isn't it? From Northern Africa to the Caribbean. Well, by Monday it had changed the blue skies of the Caribbean or Caribbean to a hazy brown-gray color. And a researcher at University of Puerto Rico stated that she and many of her colleagues across the Caribbean have never seen air quality conditions as bad as they are now. Not in their entire careers. This Saharan dust storm was expected to reach 
the United States of America by this morning. Today, Thursday, the 25th of June. Exciting development. Meanwhile, south of this United States of America, in Mexico, in Huatulco, there was a 7.4 magnitude earthquake that struck. And there has been loss of life. Fortunately, the population is comparatively sparse, even though it is a resort community. So it could have been much worse. But that's not to say that it couldn't still be much worse. Namely, with additional following earthquakes, or what are termed aftershocks. But that's in Mexico. And who knows whether there are still people that have not been found that died as a result of this earthquake, which just occurred two days ago. But meanwhile, of the earthquake Magnitude of, I don't know, what would it be? About a 2.5? Joseph Biden Jr. now is projected to be the choice of 50% of Americans. What a staggering lead, 50%. Well, the reason that that is viewed as a tremendous lead is because the incumbent president, Donald Trump Sr., his likely voters are estimated to only make up 36% of registered voters. So a considerable gap, to say the least. And those undecideds, the murky middle at an estimated 14%. So Not exactly good news for the president, but good news for the presumptive Democrat nominee who never misses an opportunity to pander and demagogue to the most important constituency in America. Yes, the Black Lives Matter constituency. Now, It just so happens that in my adult years, I have had a number of black friends, close friends. Those not from America, from Africa, and those from the United States of America. And we've had certain things in common, such as being Christians. This is men and women. And as I think of it, all of these whom I have had close friendships with have been not merely so-called black Americans or black people or African-Americans or African people, but have been usually very dark ones in coloring, unlike so very many 
blacks, among Black Lives Matter and active in blacktivism and so on and so forth. And I have found over the years in speaking with African-American women on the phone, for instance, in person, but many more on the phone, that I have found many of them to be nice, sweet, Christian, or at least receptive to Christianity, but typically many times, frequently, women with some degree of faith. And they have outweighed the male black population significantly. But, again, Joe Biden, who has been vice president for eight years, of course, serving as go-to or gopher or what have you, for Barack Hussein Obama, who became president, even though there is endemic Racism and government-sponsored racism in America, supposedly, according to the great entertainment industry. How about endemic affirmative action? And all that that has accomplished, hmm, that has been championed, not only by the federal government, and the state governments, but by the Ivy League schools and by universities and colleges across America for decades and decades and decades and decades. <laughs> and how many people of such race, but I'll say races, have enjoyed great advantage? But anyway. This vice president, now presidential candidate for the third time, and the presumptive Democrat nominee, who is in very good shape to seize the presidency, who continually panders and demagogues to the most important Democrat constituency, supposedly, which comprises nowhere near the number of Americans as Mexicans, Hispanic, Latino people. But, of course, there are people of color, that is limited to blacks, but there are people of color who are Hispanic, Latino, or Mexican. But, of course, they're not recognized, interestingly, by Major League Baseball or NFL or NBA or whatever as being blacks if they are Hispanic, Latino, from Dominican Republic and so forth. No, no. And that's why they come up with these ridiculous figures about how few blacks there are in baseball. It's just, 
in his incredible perversion of reality. But the Democrat Party and the leftists are those of the perversion of language and ideas. But meanwhile, while the Democrat governors of the major powerhouse political stronghold states in this nation, such as California, New York, and so forth, Illinois, and on the list goes Pennsylvania, while they are forcing the citizens to wear masks, like Gavin Newsom, that wonderful, illustrious governor of California who has now ordered all Californians to wear masks at all times. Meanwhile, when these people get together in mass, not in groups of 10, but in mass, in groups of hundreds and thousands to protest for Black Lives Matter, they are able to do so with or without masks. Amazing. And with the full approval and support of these Democrat governors and Democrat Party and Joe Biden. Strange double standard. Shocking hypocrisy. How could such things be? But such things are, and they have been. And there was something that just came out as if they can really give figures on such things in such a short span of time. But some expert researchers have stated that, no, there's no increased incidence of COVID-19 resulting from these mass protests. No. They state that as the protests went on, people who were not participating, you know, those few of us not participating, that we increasingly stayed at home and that may have counteracted any effects that the mass gatherings may have had on spreading the coronavirus. Fascinating. Science is just so wonderful, you know. Figures don't lie, but liars figure. One of those things, those little ditties, with such truth that my mother was wont to say from time to time. Meanwhile, in Milwaukee, that's right, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, On Tuesday, police were investigating the kidnapping of two girls ages 13 and 15. And so they were attempting to locate these girls. And a group of hundreds of blacks gathered and interfered to put it mildly. And things went badly. So, oh, that proves that the police 
were terrible. No, what it proves is that this mob of black activists caused trouble. Shocking. I know. It's just, it's shocking. Hard to imagine. Well, both girls, the 13 and 15-year-old, have been located now. And police are investigating whether the girls were victims of sex trafficking. Oh, but these mobs. (laughs) Oh, lynch mobs were terrible. And they were. But meanwhile, these mobs, oh, they're good. They're beneficial. They're benevolent. They're beneficent. You would think so, according to Joe Biden and the Democrat Party. But more on that in a little bit. Meanwhile, in California, the great golden state, my home state, a man was the victim of attempted murder. Yes, such things do happen. It was at a train station. A BART station. Bay Area Rapid Transit Authority Station. And a woman, age 34, Roli Okoropudu, or something like that. She was lying on a bench near the station. And when she saw this man, and there was a train rolling in that was his train, she leaped up and she shoved him onto the tracks. Oh, well, just some sort of mistaken, you know, identity or whatever, no doubt. Certainly no intention to murder, nothing like that. Well, the man very narrowly escaped with his life. He managed to get over from where the train was rolling into a small crawl space. He suffered a minor injury instead of being slaughtered. Meanwhile, in Bergen County, New Jersey. Bergen County, one of the richest counties in the United States of America. A lovely young mother, a very foolish woman. I can say that outright, a very foolish woman, a sinful woman, who had a black lover who had been horrible to her for X amount of time, was murdered by said black lover. Her sister, who lives next door, reported that her sister was not answering on the phone, and she had heard a loud altercation, and she went over and she was calling and screaming her name into the apartment and banging on the door, banging on the windows. She with her neighbor... Well, police were alerted to it, and they found one of this woman's children, five-year-old, variously described as a girl and also as a boy. I tend to think it was one or the other. 
you know, despite how things are viewed nowadays, tend to think it was either a girl or a boy. But was wandering about. But this wonderful Black Lives Matter type man, you know, the type championed, he stabbed Michelle Burns in the neck. Wonderful man. He was living with her, her home, her house. But just outstanding. She had an 18-month-old child, a six-month-old child. You know, the way we date things that we do not recognize life until after birth. Unlike the Koreans, (laughs) but who actually get it right. The South Koreans do. Unlike the peoples of the world, but the overwhelming majority in the world. Even those who rightly recognize the reality, the truth, that a woman who is pregnant is with child. A woman who is well along is great with child. But no, we don't recognize that. No. No, all of these years into the most progressive, the most enlightened of societies, we fail to recognize that. Even as we fail to recognize any need to eliminate monstrous destroyers. But we see fit to eliminate precious, darling people, frequently young women, who are incapacitated by having been attacked murderously or been in terrible vehicle collisions and so on and so forth, and who are put to death by court order because they just take up resources, you know, resources that we can use to keep monstrous destroyers comfortable in federal correctional facilities, that sort of thing. But... Anyway, this woman, she had her 18-month-old child, her 6-month-old child, and then this little one, 5 years of age, that was found wandering about after her mother's monstrous slaughter by this man who matters more than men like me. But one more tidbit. A precious young girl who was kidnapped, raped, torturously murdered at the ripe old age of 10 by an absolute satanic monster. He is due, finally, belatedly, to be executed on August 28th. 21 years after the commission of this monstrous crime. He kidnapped this little girl from her yard that she was playing in. Her mother saw it and ran after him. And he was found shortly after her daughter's body was found. But here... Well, we don't believe in swift punishment. No, not in the United States of America. 
not in this nation. No. And of course, in the rest of the so-called free world, there is not even the possibility of execution. No matter how many people, children, are slaughtered monstrously, heinously, torturously, it doesn't matter. No possibility of execution because that would be wrong. (laughs) But really, this is incredibly rapid, 21 years, because the usual is a quarter of a century or more. But this fine fellow, just such a great guy, he had spoken before this of his desire to commit just such crime. He would like to kidnap a girl to rape, torture, electrocute, murder, and bury. Two years before she was kidnapped, he had stated that. Before I go any further, let me just say this. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is right and true and good in any of these programs and all of these programs is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. And whatever is lacking, erring, deficient, in any and all of this program episodes, all of them, whatever's lacking, that's due to me. That's on me. That is my fault. Meanwhile, in another part of the country, and I was remiss. I was remiss. I should have mentioned that that last matter that I was speaking of, the matter of the execution of this monstrous destroyer of this precious 10-year-old girl, Pamela Berry, that that was from Kansas City, Missouri A-ish, <laughs> Missouri adjacent, just on the other side, in Kansas City, Kansas. But, Meanwhile, moving on to Texas, Fort Hood, a woman soldier, which there should not be. Oh, how can you say that? Well, I've talked about it before. But a woman soldier, Vanessa, either Guillen or Guillen or Galen or Gillen, take your pick. They're probably all wrong. Probably all of my pronunciations are wrong. But Vanessa Gillen, she disappeared from the Texas Army base. When, you may ask? Well, more than two months ago, April 22nd. And shortly after she was last seen, her car keys, her room key, her wallet... And her ID card were all found in the armory room where she worked. Her cell phone was not. 
And now, after more than two months, the United States Army, United States Army, in its outstanding wisdom, it now says that it believes that foul play was involved in her disappearance. It reminds me a little bit of police stating that they believe that this 18-year-old Amish girl may be in danger of harm. But this, of course, is much more extreme in that it is more than two months later. They believe that foul play was involved. Remarkable, isn't it? Great work by the U.S. Army. She was last contacted at 11.30 a.m. on April 22nd via her phone, which has not been found. Meanwhile, her mother, Gloria, again, Gwilin or something like that, Gian, let's go with Gian, stated, quote, I pleaded with them from the beginning that they search for my daughter, that they close the base, and that they use the more than 30,000 soldiers to look for her, and they never did it. I begged them to close the base and investigate room by room, barrack by barrack, building by building, and they didn't do it. Why now are they doing a show to look for my daughter? Well, I happen to totally agree with this woman that that's what they should have done. But that's not the way things are done, are they? No. Now, when a young child is kidnapped from a yard, from a home, and the parents have not seen the child taken off, you know, in a vehicle, whatever, this sort of thing. Not that that kind of case, not that scenario. But instead, the child is missing and is presumed to be in danger. When do you ever have an instance of the police going house to house, apartment to apartment, and going through them methodically? And I don't mean slowly. I mean thoroughly to search for the child or any evidence of the child. When do you have that? Never. It never happens. And so we read of cases where young children, are later found, their remains are found. At some neighbor, some neighbor's house, 20 feet away, 100 feet away, 150 feet away, because the police could never be bothered to do that. That would be an invasion of privacy or something. Well, here on the Army base, there is no such excuse. There's no such constraint. The army is boss, and it absolutely positively could have done this. Shut down the base, cordoned it off, and searched thoroughly. 
but they did not. Would they have found her? Would they have found evidence of her? Perhaps not. But then again, perhaps. It's entirely possible that she was kidnapped, raped, murdered on base, and then her body moved later on. It's entirely possible. But, again, I concur with her mother. But, oh well. Another day in the life of the United States of America where justice and judgment always prevail, as in never prevail. Meanwhile, this woman's sister, Myra, stated that her sister had told her that a sergeant had been sexually harassing her. Again, women should not be in the military. Oh, oh, that is so wrong of you. It is so sexist of you. It's the truth. But, meanwhile, in sunny North Korea, you know, North Korea, which is, of course, above South Korea, adjacent to former Soviet Union Russia, and also communist China. The sister of the leader, the great leader, (laughs) the wise and wonderful leader who loves his nation, loves the people of his vicious, bloody communist regime. Kim Jong-un, his sister, Kim Yo-jong, she stated the following regarding the weak leftist South Korean president, Moon Jae-in. She called him disgusting and insane. I can't help but think she was, you know, had a a slip of the tongue and was actually, you know, thinking in terms of her brother, but disgusting and insane. That's what you get for capitulating to North Korea. For being weak towards North Korea. For (laughs) jeopardizing your nation's people to North Korea. (laughs) They reward you by calling you disgusting and insane. Now, this woman, Kim Yo-jong, she's such a sweet thing, such a tender lotus flower, this woman. Yes, she's in charge of the entire communist propaganda ministry in North Korea, but, and will become the dictator in the case of the demise of her wonderful brother, best friend for life, of the President of the United States of America. Perhaps you have read 
Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. I say Ayn, undoubtedly not the correct pronunciation, but that's what I prefer. But Ayn Rand. Perhaps you've seen the movies that were made concerning it, which are, at least (laughs) in my view, very odd in that part one was produced in 2011, I believe, part two in 2012. And that even though there's only that very brief gap between them, and it, that is typical with series of movies, that there is at least a gap of a year, strangely enough, the cast is entirely different from movie to movie, which, in my view, certainly destroys continuity. But nonetheless, perhaps you've seen those movies, which, of course, imperfectly represent what Ayn Rand wrote. But nonetheless, they do represent many of her ideas. And they are, while imperfect, as all movies are, they are interesting, nonetheless. And I happened to watch them the other night just as a refresher. And one thing that was stated, one thing that was quoted from Ayn Rand was, quote, money is the barometer of a society's virtue. But when you see that in order to produce it, you need to obtain permission from those who produce nothing, you will know that your society is doomed. End quote. Well, this idea that money is the barometer of a society's virtue is nonsense. (laughs) That is just nonsense. But this other statement, that when you see that in order to produce money, you need to obtain permission from those who produce nothing you will know that your society is doomed. I offer that to presumptive Democrat nominee Joe Biden, who, of course, continually and persistently panders and demagogues for the votes of not only the most important constituency, in the Democrat Party, but, of course, the others. But, Ayn Rand, who was she? (laughs) Who is this woman? Many would say she was a visionary. And certainly, that is not unreasonable to state that. A prophetess? No. She's an atheist or agnostic. Take your pick. Russian. She got to see socialism and communism up close and personal. And so she had an appreciation, you could say, of how horrible it is, how evil it is. And she, her views, her beliefs, they dovetail with, coincide with a great many libertarians. 
but so-called libertarians. But, strangely enough, (laughs) my take, my take on Atlas Shrugged is that it's a vision of the best and brightest of mankind escaping from a dystopian world to a utopian one. Uh, Albeit an atheist libertarian one, but a utopian one nonetheless. And the dystopian one, the dystopian world, in this case, is focused on the United States of America, but also the free world. Namely, the formerly free world, the formerly free nations that now have been pulled into socialist, authoritarian regimes. The utopian one, on the other hand, is one comprised of the captains of industry who have been encouraged and aided in escaping from this coming socialist authoritarian regime while the free world collapses in depression due to these free governments becoming socialist dictatorships, these best and brightest have been encouraged and aided in escaping, running away, fleeing to a utopian Shangri-La where all will be well, even though it is an atheist or agnostic utopia. So there's something lacking in her vision, shall we say, but there also is something of merit in it. Not about the utopia where all people, all of these captains of industry and these most creative and talented people, thanks to God's blessings, which, of course, she doesn't recognize, where they all get along perfectly, see eye to eye, and live and work in unity and (laughs) all of that, despite there being a paucity or an absence of faith in God, faith in Christ. It is, you know, a pipe dream, shall we say. But, her contributions with regard to what evils await nations, courtesy of socialism, Joe Biden (laughs) and Democrat Party, socialism. Those contributions are of value. Oh, but so many people believe in this beneficent, benevolent, enlightened form of socialism. There is no such thing. The only reason that the European continent, that the United Kingdom, that Scandinavia, that Israel, haven't become Marxist dictatorships is because of lack of monopoly and is because of the presence of of the United States of America, which is, of course, going down the drain in accord with Anne Rand's vision. But I mentioned Burning Man 
in the previous program, just ever so scantily, <laughs> just like the scantily clad young women there, those that are not totally nude, and nudity is preferred, but the fascinating things that are fashioned, created, fabricated there, the Burning Man, of course, being the central focus, this figure that is created and goes up in flames. But the others, like this one fascinating one that is like a great saber-toothed tiger <laughs> that uh, has horns reminiscent of the second beast, the false prophet, in Revelation, and so forth. Fascinating. But there is also, in addition to the nudity, there is the tattooing and there is the face and body painting, which is, in fact, akin to tattooing. So what? So what? They're just, you know, partying hardy and so forth. And it is a modern-day Woodstock. Free love, you know, sexual immorality is the piece de resistance there. And it's overwhelmingly young women. But not just young, but there is a great preference for young women there and what have you. But what it shows is not just a willingness, but an eagerness to adopt the things that are coming in this nation and in this world. There is coming massive regime change. Regime change in every nation from beneficent, benevolent socialism to tyrannical dictatorship. From the enlightened form of socialism in the United States of America that is already pervasive, contrary to what the media elites and so forth would have us believe, to a vicious totalitarian state regime. And the willingness and the eagerness and the enthusiasm and the giddiness and hilarity about willingly receiving the mark of the beast, the number of the beast, the name of the beast, and worshiping the image of the beast. Burning man is that in microcosm. It is that. It is a picture of what's coming, even as the movie and the novel version, Atlas Shrugged, is a vision of what's coming. Not the utopia, but the dystopia. It is what is coming. There's going to be the rise of ten kings. I've mentioned that before. And then one shall rise after them who shall overthrow three of them. And there shall be eight remaining with that one being ruler. Ruler of what? 
ruler of the free world, which will then encompass the entire world and will crush it and destroy it with the worst regime, the worst destruction that there has ever been on the face of the earth. National unity and global solidarity. According to Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, Jesus of who, of the who, yes, the table is set, and that latter king emperor, also variously referred to as the beast, he shall come in how, with great force, with a blitzkrieg, no. He shall come in with a small people. He shall come in peacefully, promising peace, peace. He shall come in with craft, spy craft, witchcraft, craftiness, conspiracy. Oh, there are no conspiracies, right? Conspiracy and deceit and deception. And... When he enjoys sufficient power, shall change the times and laws. How do you do that? But supplants the truth with lies and supplants righteous laws with evil laws. Well, so much progress, if you can call it that, has already been made in that regard. The truth is continually being supplanted with lies. Like this Black Lives Matter narrative, meaning Black Lives Matter most, or Black Lives Matter only, but supplanting righteous laws with evil laws, this has taken place for the past more than a half century. And it's what's coming. And when he's in power, he shall seek to destroy, to annihilate, all servants of God, all saints, all holy people. They are variously described as, meaning those who worship God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. But he shall cast a large net, so he shall destroy others in the pursuit of destroying them. And as you look at what is taking place, as I have pointed to before, the communist rules for revolution, the red rules of 1919, Karl Marx's The Communist Manifesto, which preceded that by more than a half century in 1846, and going back before that, to 1773. That's right. Before the war for independence here in the United States of America, what is now the United States of America, the corrupt, decadent, degraded, perverted United States of America. Back to before there was a United States of America, the 14-point plan for world domination of Meyer Amschel Bauer Rothschild. Yes. The same things, corrupting the young, getting them away from Christianity, breaking down the old moral virtues, 
encouraging civil disorders, soft government attitude towards crime, dividing the people into hostile groups, getting the people's attention away from what the government is doing, taking control of all media, destroying people's faith in righteous leaders. (laughs) We have so few of those. Causing the registration, followed by the confiscation of all firearms. And on it goes. We shall see what will be in the not distant future. Within 10 years at the outside, I feel sure will be the case, and I fear will be, of course, much sooner than that. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you.